Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. With hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get his... (laughs) I don't even have a joke, Dave! (laughs) Dave Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Hi, welcome to a special Mardi Gras edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we're sponsored by you, the fan. Andrew, the donation drive for Drunk Saints History is over. We fell just a little bit short, but don't worry, people. You're still going to get 10 glorious episodes of Saints Drunk, Drunk History starting in March. Uh, we're going to start taping them this weekend. You're going to get 10 episodes of that, and you're going to get one episode extra of like a draft preview or, or a live draft show, or whatever. So you're gonna get 11 episodes. Thanks everybody for donating. We felt we felt 12 donations short. You can still get 10 episodes. It's gonna be fun, Andrew. We got topics that are just gonna kick ass. We got more rants. We got Bobby A. Bear. Uh, we're gonna do like Saints player history for drunk situation. We're gonna do Aaron Brooks. We're gonna do Ricky Jackson. It's gonna it's gonna be awesome. So thanks everybody for donating. Look forward to that in March. Uh, Andrew, we're in the doldrums now, baby. It's just it's just it's a long slog to March fourteenth. You know what I'm saying? Till free agency starts, right? You know, it's kind of gone faster for me just because I'm not writing every day. Oh yeah. I remember I remember it was miserable when I would write every day because just the you know you run out of content and you start to struggle for things, you know, ideas to write about. And then, you know, the days just seem to go slower and slower in terms of saints news. Whereas like, if I don't hear saints news for four days, I'm not really sweating it. Cause I don't need to like unearth some topic. Yeah. You're like, Oh, whatever. That's what people, yeah. people, people always ask me like when the football season ends, why don't you write for WWL? I'm like, cause I'm the saints writer and I write jokes and between the super bowl and, and free agency, unless people are getting fired or arrested, there ain't no news, buddy. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but And we work hard during the season. I mean, look, we still, still do this once a week. But during the season, I mean, you know, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And so it's nice to kind of check out a little bit. Yeah. And uh, the, the one good thing for the, the one thing that was awesome is Alvin Kamara and Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore, they wrote him Damien. And... It was just phenomenal. They were getting off the float. Uh, Kamara was drinking wine out of a box. Uh, box of fun. Box of fun. It was just. It was just amazing. 
Um, and they had an ESPN reporter, Cat uh, Terrell, who used to be a Saints beat person. She she's there. She's actually the Bengals blogger for ESPN now. They sent her down to New Orleans to cover it, so she's going to write an article on it. Maybe she hasn't. I hadn't seen it. But that was just. I mean, it was Andrew. It was awesome. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like the pictures of it were phenomenal. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, Nick had a picture with him, Mickey Loomis, and them too. I wonder if Mickey Loomis is like, guys, just just remember that they have the number that you can call for the NFL Players Association. They'll get you home. Have the number like he's like a concern, <laughs> like he's like a concerned dad. Don't um, be Willie Sneed. Don't be Willie Sneed, baby. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, Mardi Gras, like me and you are not in new orleans so it's it's weird it's like it's saint you know saints twitter and 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 louisiana twitter is just nothing but people just mardi gras stuff and the rest of us in the world are just working which is uh the pits so yeah. as we go to the, i feel the, like this year was harder than usual like just what? seeing them like i i miss being i mean i still consider new orleans home i, I miss being home this year more than ever I think it's because my kids are getting older and they've they're never the pr- experienced it. They're in the prime. You know? like, yeah, like I'm starting to do, do that way too. My kid's not in the prime Mardi Gras years because he's two. I think you got to be like about five or six to be like prime. Yeah, I mean, Mardi like Gras. Cullen would go nuts, man, if he saw that now. Nighttime, man, nighttime parades for kids, they just are mesmerized by the lights and the, you know, because Endemian and Bacchus yeah, and mean, Orpheus, like they have better quality. Let's be real. They have better quality of like floats. Right. No um, doubt. And so those just kids are just mesmerized by like the, the, the giant dinosaurs and just the themes that they always have. So uh, that's where you start getting into it. Um, so when, when we try to find topics for this offseason thing, you know, we, we kick it around. And sometimes I find a good one. And uh, sometimes Andrew and Andrew hit on just a phenomenal one for this week. And he, Andrew, you called it. Keep or low ball? And what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the Saints' uh, unrestricted free agents, or most of them, the ones that count, really. And we're going to say, should they keep them? Should they low ball them? Or should they let them leave? So uh, it's the off season. What do you want, people? We got to talk. So I guess we'll start with the main one, Drew Brees. And I guess the question is not, like, are they going to keep them or are they going to low ball them? But I guess, Andrew, the question is, like, what would be the, the things with Drew Brees where you'd be like, it's not going well. Like, what would be signs to you? Because they got to get it done, right? They got to get it done. Before. They can't, like, let – they can't, like, not sign Breeze and do all their other free agents and then come back to Breeze later, like in 2012, right? Like, they got the the the, the, the dummy contract years, and, it like, the $18 million hit comes if he does not – if they don't extend him, $18 million hit on the cap comes first day of the league year, right? So they got to get it done. Yeah, I mean – I'll be honest, Ralph, I don't think there'll be a a single moment where I'm worried until he signs with another team. I I just think we've done this so many times. You know, he's made it clear he's coming back. He's made it clear he doesn't want to play anywhere else. And we've just seen Loomis kind of play this until the 11th hour too many times. It always gets done, so I'm not worried. It'll get done. The, the free agency starts on the 14th, which is a Friday, correct? Right? And they can start. Yeah. Teams can start talking to players, agents, like three days before. I think the Drew Brees right. deal is going to get done on a Friday afternoon the week before. 
Well, that, actually, the fourteenth. The fourteenth, you said that's a Wednesday. Okay, so the Drew Brees yeah. deal will get done the Friday before. Well, that's my prediction. So correct me if I'm wrong, but his deal has to get done before then, or the um, dead money kicks in for yes, next year. He correct? has to get it. Yeah. He, it has to be done, or the eighteen million. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I mean, I think there is there is some urgency just in terms of from a timing perspective. You know, Loomis probably has a date on his calendar where all right, I, you know, I gotta. I got 48 hours after this point to get serious about this contract to get it done, you know. And uh, I mean, Loomis is this is one of his famous quotes. He says, Deadlines always bring. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Uh, negotiations to the table or, you know, the sense of urgency comes from deadlines. Deadlines make, so. deadlines make deals. Yep. So, yeah. you know, and I could easily see it getting a that point I, yeah. I just feel like no one's in any rush here yeah i mean so the other the next guy that's really interesting is vaccaro because I, his market i don't know you know because of his injury because of his inconsistent play i mean and the saints were shopped i mean after new england man they, they were it was pft and the saints were like shopping him supposedly so i don't know what i don't know what his market's going to be i don't know how the saints feel about him you know, so what do you think they're gonna do? Do you think they're gonna you're gonna do you think they're gonna keep him? Do you think they're gonna lowball him, or they're gonna let him walk? I think he's a goner. Um, you know, so first of all, the cap goes up every year. So what we know about contracts, I mean, you just have to assume every year um, the contracts are gonna be a little bit higher and more ridiculous than you expect them to be. Someone is gonna pay Vaccaro a lot of money. Much like we couldn't believe the money that Malcolm Jenkins got from the from the Eagles when when uh, when he was a free yeah. agent, and I just think you know I really think Vaccaro is at a very similar place to where Jenkins was when he hit free agency that year. Except which for is health, to say that right because well Jenkins yeah but, but, which is yeah that's that's fair, but I would still say that you know he didn't have an injury that was catastrophic to where people don't believe he's going to be fine to start the year you know so uh, i just feel like if you look at jenkins and what he did in his career 
wasn't that impressive, but he was a starter and, you know, he was a, a player that was kind first of ascending to make first round pick, makes plays here and there. I mean, that basically describes Vaccaro to a T. Yeah, and the um, thing is, Phil, so, yeah, in Philadelphia, they had a vision for Jenkins where the Saints were kind of like, eh, we play him at corner, we do this. Like, he, like the, Philadelphia clearly has always had, like, we're going to sign Malcolm Chickens. Jenkins, we're going to pay him this money, and he's going to do these great things. Like, I could see a team, not that Kenny Vaccaro would, would become Malcolm Jenkins, but I could see a team looking at Vaccaro going, the Saints use him like this, but we're going to use him like this in the slot and do this, this, and this, and that's going to make him worth $8.5 million a year. So we're going to yeah, give, no, we're gonna give a, him. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, that's a great gonna, point, actually. We're going to give him four totally years, $35 million, you know? I think he's going to get Oh, I, I think it could easily be more than that even, yeah. But, I think, but – yeah, no, I, I that's a great point, and I, I think the main thing about Vicaro that's maybe different from Malcolm Jenkins is, is that Malcolm Jenkins just kind of had you know, he had some big plays, splash plays here and there, but for the most part, he was an inconsistent player for the Saints. Um, Vicaro, I would say, was inconsistent in a different way in that you know he didn't really have the splash plays, but he had long stretches of excellent play. Um, you know, he wasn't like Malcolm Jenkins, who I would say for the Saints was always kind of meh and would surprise you with big time plays occasionally. Vaccaro, I would say, would go long stretches where he played very well um, and then would kind of like inexplicably fall off. You yeah. know, so it, there, there, there's a nuanced difference there. It's a little slightly different. But I, I think the main thing with Vaccaro, I mean, you look at his career and you know he's had two exceptional seasons and he's had two really bad ones and then you know one kind of mediocre one but you know that throughout it all in five years there's been injuries there's been suspension there's been benching and I just think when you look at a five-year period and you see so many ebbs and flows in a guy's career um, you know this is it you know the the five-year mark is when you invest big money in a player. This is where players make money. And, and Vaccaro has hit that stage where this is kind of his time to make money. And I just think it's a, it's too risky of an investment based on what you've seen from him in five years. Now, when he's nice, he's a nice player. And, you know, I really like him. And, um, you know, obviously I would, I would keep him if I knew that the Saints were going to get his best level all the time. Here's, but but we just don't know that. Here's the thing. Look, there is a fair thing to say that if you're Mickey Loomis and you come off the season the Saints just had and you look, just look at the defense and you're Loomis, you could say uh, the clock is ticking, not necessarily on Lattimore because he's still got four more years and you could tag him, but uh, you've got – Marcus Williams, he's a second-round pick. His clock is really ticking. He's only got three years to a contract. You got, um, I really like Onyemata. He's got two years to a contract. You got Von Bell. You got a lot of guys, Andrew, that that the Saints are going to have to make decisions on. And here's the thing. Like, if you pay Vaccaro, is it going to be somebody that you can't pay later on? So, I just think... That he's a go- I think he's a goner because I think he's going to get paid. Now, yep. the, the, the one yep. that this he, one- here's the thing. Here's the thing with Vaccaro too. You know, so you mentioned like there, there's a lot of young good players on this team. And you're going to have to save the money. You can't keep them all, right? So you're going to have to save money for some of them. And some guys you just have to let walk. And when you look at the roster, 
I just think Von Bell offers at strong safety what a lot of what Vaccaro does. And so, you know, then you say, what does Vaccaro give this team that Von Bell doesn't? Well, maybe he has some slot coverage ability, but I just feel like you can spend less and, and get a slot cover guy. Yeah. You know, to, to kind of make up for that. Or, or you spend a lot and you get a, uh, you know, Butler, you know, who gives you something different, but, um, you know, better coverability. And, um, you know, I, I think at times having Vaccaro in the slot hurt the Saints. Explain that. Well, I just don't think he was as great in coverage. So, you know, a lot of times Vaccaro's responsibility would be to cover Gronk or, you know, it would be to cover, um, you know, kind of tough assignments. And, you know, I, I think he, for a safety, he was very good at covering the slot, um, but he wasn't as good as a good slot, slot corner, you know. Yeah, so he was kind of a hybrid player. Um, you know, I do think he got better at blitzing over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was an area in his game that he improved. But I think Von Bell's pretty good at that too. And, uh, you know, clearly he was always better playing around the line of scrimmage. But I always just felt like Vicar was one of these hybrid players where Dennis Allen was like always having to figure him out. It wasn't like Vaccaro fitting his role on defense. It was more like Dennis Allen trying to figure out a role for him that, you know, played to his strengths. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it always felt – Vaccaro has always felt to me like a little bit of a square peg in this defense. Yeah, I mean, so the the next guy – the next guy is the is the, the most interesting to me of all the Saints free agents, and that's Sano Calamete because his market, Andrew, you, you could tell me on the second day of free agency – Arizona pays him four years, $34 million, and they're like, he's going to be our right tackle or he's going to be our starting guard, and he's getting $15 million guaranteed. Or he could not sign for two weeks and come back to the Saints for three years, $11 million. Like, I, I have no idea what his market is. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, he reminds me a little bit of Ronald Leary, who um, – you know, was it kind of a career backup? He started yeah. a handful of games, like played pretty well when he started, but, you know, wasn't kind of a clear He wasn't starter. great in Denver either this huh? year. He wasn't great in Denver, I don't think, this year. They signed Yeah, him. right. So, but, you know, he, he kind of surprised me in that he got a much smaller oh, yeah. contract than I expected. Yeah. Um. I mean, well, well, no, he ended up getting four years, thirty-five million. Yeah, actually. no, he he got he got, he got the, paid. He so got I paid. mean, I just don't think Calamete is any worse. I mean, he he's started a handful of games. He's played well. Um, I, I think you know maybe he makes a little bit less than that, but I think Calamete has earned the right to be paid as a starter in the NFL. And if it's three years, twenty-four million, I mean, maybe it's a little bit less than Leary, but. I, I think he's going to get paid something like that, and someone's going to make him a starter. Yeah. And I, I just don't think the Saints have them. I mean, they, they have thirty-one million in cap space, but I just don't think that's the smart place to spend it. Yeah. When you I mean, could, when you could probably get Larebius again for like one year, one million, you know, yeah. and you can maybe develop a couple guys. Like I just, I, I, I think Calmente's a goner. Yeah, I don't. I, he's gonna. I, I, my prediction for him is four, four years, thirty million. Which yeah. is like seven and a half million a year. I mean, it's two 
too bad. I love the guy. I would love to keep him, but like uh, Andres Pete and, and Warford are your guards, and yeah. the Saints can't be paying their a third guard that doesn't play. Well, yeah, I, I understand guys get injured, and he will play. But I'm just saying, like, you can't pay your third guard that much money. Yeah, and you you can't. you can't play your third guard sort of Swiss Army knife six best lineman seven right. million dollars a year. And the thing but, is, but he totally deserves the money. He no, totally, he's just going to get does. it from someone else. You right. Know? Um, but he but but I I would say. I would say it's a seventy percent chance he gets paid seven plus million and is gone, but I still think it's like a thirty percent chance that he comes back and we're like, wow, no one wanted him. Like, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility because I asked like they have cap guys. I forget his name. He's the over the cap guy, and he a lot of times on the weekends he'll be like it'll be like twelve at night and I'll be, one in the morning and I'll be waiting for my wife to get back from a wedding she's doing my wife my wife and he'll be like i'm drinking two beers fire me cap questions and he's usually like plugged in the team because he does consulting work for teams so he knows guys markets and i asked him about calamity he's like I, I i he's like i don't know he's like i don't know what teams i know the saints love him but i don't know what other teams think of him and he's going to be really he's an interesting one another interesting one andrew is is okafor because okafor was killing it for up until he blew out his Achilles against Washington. Like, he was a guy that if he would have finished the year, he was going to have seven, eight sacks maybe, right? And just killed it with the Saints on run defense. And he would be be like the guy behind Breeze where you're like, they got to re-sign Okafor. They got to re-sign him. He's the bookend we've been wanting with Cam Jordan. But he blew out his Achilles. He's been injury-plone his whole career. So... I think he's going to be back with the Saints on, like, maybe even less than what he made last year or about the same. Like, no one's giving him money. Like, no one's paying him. Yeah, no, I think he's a low ball, you know. And it's too bad because he stays healthy all year and he gets a nice deal, probably with the Saints. But uh, I think you low ball him, you bring him back to camp, um, and then we'll see how he's recovered from the injury. I mean, that's a tough one, so... Um, you know, he may not be the same player. I think you have to bring him back, assuming um, that he's not going to work out and that you're going to need someone else to step up. So uh, I don't think that's where you stop with the investment, but I think you lowball him and that should be enough to get him back. Yeah, and I mean, they, I would like them to 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 do to do sort of bring Okafor back and find another potential Okafor like he was in 2017. You know, yeah, find yeah. a guy, find a guy like Okafor that's been nicked up, that had maybe had one good year three or four years ago. That's been nicked up, and and you say, hey, come here, we'll give you three, four million, an improved deal, and you have Okafor, the new guy, Hendrickson. Uh, Kika what was Hunt- the name of that linebacker they got from the Cowboys that ended up not being uh, any good? Blah, 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 blah. I can't even. I know who you're talking Butler, about. Uh, Victor Butler. Victor Butler. Yeah. yeah. I remember it, it reminds me of that year where they kind of had Victor Butler, Paris Harrelson, and uh, Anthony Spencer. You know, they had kind of yeah. all three. And none of them were any good, but, you know, sometimes you, you just get a bunch of guys like that and you just hope one of them sticks. One of them hits, you know. Or, or, or you get lucky and, you know, A.J. Klein, Manti Teo, and, and uh, Robertson are all pretty good. Yeah, or decent enough. So th- decent these, enough, two, yeah. these two, John Kuhn, he – you know, he's 35. 
the Saints, they, but the Saints are one of the teams that use a fullback, and fullbacks are kind of dying out. I mean, I, I could see Kuhn back, you know? Yeah, it, it, I mean, what's going to be interesting with him is they had Zach Line for the second yeah. half of the year, and, you know, he seemed to be okay. So that would just be my question, which one they like better. And Kuhn's getting a little older, but, I mean, I like Kuhn. I'd want him back. Yeah, Tony McDaniel, defensive tackle. I don't they see just cut him, right? Yeah, I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see him back. Um, no. He's he's a guy that like he's on the he's on the speed dial. If you get if you're getting crushed by injuries, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, I could see I could see them maybe uh, looking at him. Yeah, Clay Harbor, tight end. He's thir- he's older than I thought. He's thirty. He's a Civil War veteran with a name like that. Um, yeah. He's not. He, these are all low ball. Guys, tight, end, right? tight end's interesting because you know they decided to at least for now keep Fleener, um, and you know Who Man and Josh Hill, they they have decent contracts, but you can also get out of those. Um, those are two guys. They Josh Hill's going to be back, I think, because he he he's he doesn't cost anything, and he plays special. Yeah. Te- he plays special teams, and he was decent in the playoffs. So like you can make like the Saints can look at Josh Hill and be like, he plays special teams. And he can be okay occasionally if you have to play him, and that's enough to keep him on. To me, that's enough to keep him on the roster. You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So you know, who man maybe more in jeopardy than the other two, um, but uh, they need to draft a guy at tight end. I mean, oh. it's been a while since we've had a good, young, promising player at that position. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get into free agency as we you know. We've got a whole month to go before free agency hits. But I just look at the Saints' receiver. Me, me and Andrew were talking about this today. I look at their receivers, and when I say receivers, I mean wide receivers and tight end. I look at it, and I say, look, something happens to Michael Thomas, an injury, and then Ted Ginn regresses and turns back into pre-Saints Ted Ginn. Their receivers are fucked, and it's yeah. a it's a problem. And I I mean I could look at this I could see the Saints in their off season plan and and being like, we have got to add somebody, whether it's a receiver or a tight end or whatever. And that's where they go in free agency, and not necessarily that they sign a tight end necessarily, but they'll add a receiver and draft a tight end or add add a tight end in free agency and draft another receiver. Like they're they're gonna do something wide receiver because it's fragile. It was fragile this past year when Will when Willie Sneed when Willie Sneed went and, and, and totally regressed, man, if they didn't have Kumara uh, and Ingram rolling at running back it would have been a it would have been a struggle because they were a mess on third down because their receiving court kind of stunk, you know, outside of Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I feel like Sean Payton has never gone out and gotten like the star receiver in free agency. You know, he he's always kind of preferred either going the draft route, knowing mm-hmm. that Breeze can turn water into wine when it comes to receivers. Or getting kind of like the old team player vet, you know, that has some skill but is, you know, not like a star receiver, yeah. so to speak. So, but I could see them getting some help in free agency. I mean, I could sure. see, I could see, they, they have a, the, the thing that's good for the Saints is slot receiver and free agency is they have a lot of guys. Like if, if Green Bay moved on from Randall Cobb, 
uh, Amendola. Like they have these guys, these like veteran guys that I think you can get on the cheap. Um, like you could take a flyer on. Like if the Saints want to go that route, so they have some interesting. They have some interesting names there in free agency. Whereas like at other spots that the Saints need, like linebacker and defensive end, there's nothing there to get. Um, here's one that I thought was really interesting. And I I didn't think of it, Andrew, until I was reading Bill Barnwell his like off-season, like what every team should do in the off-season. He did it by division. And, you know, Philadelphia, this past off-season, they were like, Chase Daniel, we don't really like you. We're, 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 we're getting rid of you, and we're bringing in Nick Foles, and everybody's like, whatever. It's backup quarterback. Nick Foles ended up being the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and I can tell you with 100% certainty, Chase Daniel wasn't going to do what Nick Foles did. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, so Chase Daniels is interesting. Do you think, do you think they'll, uh, keep him, uh, lowball him or let him walk? I think they lowball him. I, I, I just think Chase Daniel has made enough in this league that he, he, made, fi- gone, he made $5 million last year, 900,000 from the Saints, 4.1 from Philadelphia. He is a legend at the bank, dude. He's well, I, made- I think, I think that's kind of his going rate is, you know, maybe 4 million this year, but. I just don't know if the Saints pay that. Like, I, I know they don't want to make a long-term commitment to him. No. And I just don't think they're paying him a one-year deal for $4 million. I just don't see him doing it. So um, maybe this is the year they draft a QB and roll with Taysom Hill as Taysom. their second string. Oh, my. You know, here's a, here's the thing with the Saints, and, and obviously we'll get – more into the stuff but i mean sean payton did make the statement i mean this is a direct quote from troy aikman he said the guy is quote in the building yeah the heir to drew Brees is in the building takes on hill he's older and but he's injury prone too i think but uh he's he's gonna be he's gonna be uh preseason superstar if they give him andrew if they give him snaps at quarterback in the preseason like let's don't even try to pretend like we're not be going ape shit over that like that'll be glorious fun in in august no oh, yeah you know if he plays well in preseason i mean his stock his fan stock is through the roof i mean jerseys are going to get purchased <laughs> yeah the thing is with with baker mayfield is people always ask me percentage of the think the saints draft and whatever I, I can't do that but i could i sort of equated it to like hurricane warning or watch like the saints they will, they are at a trade watch if baker mayfield gets to 10 if he gets to 15, 16, it's a full-blown trade warning for him. I think for the Saints. I don't think I think huh. he's going to go I think he's going to go top 5 or 6, so I don't think it'll be in play. But if it does, Andrew, you know, because once you get to 15, 16, the Saints can give a third and a fifth and get there to get to, you know, to get to 27 to 20 or 27 to 18. You know, they could do it. It's not like you have to mortgage the whole future. You know, like for Brandon Cooks, what did they move? They moved from 27 to 20 and it was a third round pick, right? Yeah. No, that's right. So, I mean, uh it it becomes doable. And look, we'll we'll argue about Mr. Mayfield all their draft cuz he's uh he's got a lot of issues, let's say. Um and you know, just on that. Speaking of the Saints, like off season, um, as we sort of done this region, man, you look at all the bullets the Saints dodged in the off season. I mean, they were going to draft Ruben Foster. He like 
got pinched for domestic violence and a gun charge, I believe, this week. Um, and that's just sheer luck. And think. smoking pot, right? And smoking pot. Like, that was just sheer luck. I mean, they were going to pick him at 32. He was on the phone, and it didn't work out because 49ers leapfrogged him and got ahead. Um, but, you know, they dodged that. They didn't sign Malcolm Butler, and so they – Got I know I don't know necessarily if they'd have signed Malcolm Butler that they'd have drafted Lattimore at ten. I mean, just everything sort of came up uh, roses for them in the offseason. It, it like the more I look at it, Andrew, I'm just like it's it's just I'm just dumbfounded by it. Yeah, I mean, I just remember us talking the offseason like they need to hit on five things, and it's just they're not going to hit on everything, and they kind of did. Yeah, they hit, they hit on every fucking draft pick they yeah. had. I mean, even even Muhammad is. I mean, he was a pro, he was a guy they 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 drafted because they liked him so much, and he was a he was a project. And I think he was he was a guy that they're like, you know, what, we're gonna draft him and we're gonna cut him and we're gonna be able to sneak him on the practice squad. And he killed it in the preseason. And and you you a, a dude in the preseason that gets three or four sacks, you can't sneak him through waivers. So they they had to keep him on the roster, right? Um, but I I guess to me, you know, as we play this. Uh, low keep low ball, let him walk. Is there anybody on this list that you would maybe you would personally stretch for? Not necessarily that you would give him a going rate, but if you could get somewhere between like a contract where you have to say, okay, just we're not paying you that, or like a low ball, like kind of like a nice, maybe a little bit more than you want to pay him, but. Uh, you do it because you want to keep them. Is there anybody on this list of the Saints free agents that you would do that for? Um, I would think about it with Vaccaro. Um, you know, I just, again, you know, I talk about fairly and, and losing him. And it's funny, like, I, I made the comment, like, you can't go backwards by losing your best player. You can't go forward by losing your best players. Um, and the Saints did lose one of their best players on defense, and they still managed to go forward. So uh, I guess I was wrong in a way, but, but you know, that statement makes me a little nervous, you know, in that losing Vaccaro, does this defense get worse? Um, you know, that does make me fearful. So I, I, I guess, like, I could be tempted to keep him, but, again, I just feel like this is the big investment now for him, and, I don't think he has shown that he deserves it, you know, consistently enough for the Saints to do it. So I would say that he's maybe the one I think about. Um, you know, Kelmete again, I just I just don't think you can justify paying that to your your off next your sixth offensive lineman. So you know, the next guy, I mean, Okafor is a guy I really want back. And so if he's one guy where maybe you spend a little bit more to make sure he's back and you're kind of doubling down on him recovering from a serious injury, um, that that's me. I, I just think the Saints need an end opposite Cam Jordan so badly that what's, I, I'm willing, what, to, what's I'm willing the, to hope. Has a football player ruptured an Achilles and come back and been good or close to what they were? Uh well, Cam Cleland came back from one and was pretty good until he ruptured the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, but I remember him rupturing his first Achilles and and being fine. Um, yeah. No, let's let's Google it. Let's see here. <laughs> Achilles tendon tear recoveries. This will be good. This will be good to research because uh, Demarcus Cousins is coming yeah. back from that too. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Billy Joe Holbert had it, but he never really was. Good no, he stuff. he really he really wasn't recovered yeah. from it. Um, wow. Let's see. It's good because the thing is with Billy Joe Holbert, his mobility was kind of one of his things. Like he never was a great passer, but he was really mobile and kind of gritty. Um, but when he ruptures his Achilles, he wasn't mobile. And when you're a 54% completion guy and you're not mobile, that's just, that's just curtains for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, he'll be, he'll be interesting. I mean, I, I could see the Saints doing something with him where they give him like two million, and it's like they give you another two million, and it's like reachable incentives, you know, um, for him. Uh, All right, here's five. Oh, uh, uh, Michael Crabtree. Did he? He might. Did have. Crabtree? I think he might have. That's a good one. He came back. He's gotten to be decent. Yeah, he he Crabtree tore his. Uh, his Achilles in 2013. And he's come back to be a good player. So he, here are some NBA players who tore their Achilles tendons. Uh, Elgin Baylor of the Lakers, who had a long career. Uh, yeah, but, Kobe Kobe Bryant tore yeah, his Achilles. But he was back. he was old and he was never he wasn't close to what he was before. But he was already in decline when he did that. Yeah, Dominique Wilkins did it. But he had to go to Europe. That was towards the end of his career, right? Yeah, he did it. He, he had oh to yeah, go. here we go. Dominique Will, uh, Wilkins. His his uh, pre-injury points per game was twenty six point two points per game, and coming back it was twenty five point two. Oh, maybe, yeah. So, you know, he came back and and played well. Um, Wesley Matthews of the Trailblazers is another guy who has rebounded well from from that. Yeah. I mean, so it's positive, and and the good news is he's twenty six. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he was if he was twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Okafor is. Yeah, he's yeah. twenty twenty six. Still so pretty you, young. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want Okafor back just because I, I just think, like, to me, the, the more I watch these games and, and watching the Super Bowl, the thing that struck me is like, get me all the pass rushers, defensive linemen you can give me, and give me all the corners. Like, you can never have enough of them because the same thing we just said with Calamete, like, can you, you can't play – you can't pay your sixth offensive lineman that there's a there's a decent chance if you're healthy on offensive line, he's not going to play, like, 50% of the plays. Like, yeah, he did this year, but, like, if the Saints had the Atlanta Falcons' health for offensive line when they went to the Super Bowl and all five guys start, you got a $7 million dude that is your – in your jumbo package like you can't like you can't allocate resources like that but like a pass rusher or a corner you know they're all gonna play dude because you gotta play four and five corners all the time you rotate defensive linemen so to me like bring back okafor draft another dude sign another dude like you can like you can never have enough of those one because they always always they always play and that's even if there's not injuries you know what i'm saying yeah. 
And, I'm with you. You know, and uh, so so I would be I would be fine with Okafor. He'll be in, he'll he'll be a guy like he's gonna be. It's gonna he's gonna be a while. Like it'll be a week or a week or two in before he gets um before he gets done. Um, but you know, I guess you know we were talking about this as you. And then we'll get out of here. As you look at this off season, Andrew, for the Saints, and you try to like prioritize like what they're you know what they're going to do. Um, the thing is that, that I'm trying to figure out this year is like I because I, last year I feel like it was right in front of our face and we just missed it with Ted Ginn and Klein. Like the Saints, you know, even Josh Norman, who they didn't get, right? Like, it was all Carolina. But they, like, Sean Payton, and they, they, they always lean to these free agent guys that they have played against and they know, you know? Um, so that's what I'm trying to identify. Like, what are guys that are, aren't necessarily names, but are guys that, like, the Saints have are know and they're connected with and they have a history with? Because that's kind of where they sort of go on these things, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, guys I would keep an eye on are just people that Dan Campbell worked with in Miami. You know, so Dolphins players that maybe Campbell likes. That's a guy that definitely has Sean Payton's ear. Um, you know, I would point to him as maybe being the guy that is most recently coached for another team. I don't know if yeah. you can think of anyone else on the staff that, you know, would have Sean Payton's ear. I mean, Aaron Glenn really started with the Saints. Dennis Allen's been with the Saints for a while now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's anyone else. No, I mean, I, I the thing is that I could think of players is I, like uh, Tom Johnson from Minnesota, who's a defensive tackle. He's old, but he played with the Saints for a time. Like if the Saints wanted to do like a one- or two-year deal with him. Um, yeah, I could see that. Or like the Bear, that. like uh, the Bears, if they move on from the defensive back, Marcus Cooper, like the Saints were hard for him in free agency and they just he signed with the bears so like just guys like guys like that 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 the saints have a history with that's why malcolm butler comes to mind and that's what that's what i'm trying to like when i do my free agent previews like that's what i feel like as as sort of this podcast you know we always try to do like what would we do and what would the saints what do you think they're going to do we always try to what they think are to do like with players and stuff but we we always sort of like even when we think of like what the Saints are gonna do, we think of the names that we 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 kind of want them to get right. So this year, I kind of want to like try to focus in on these names because because like when 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 they signed Ted Ginn, I want to say you texted me. You were like, God, I can't believe I didn't see that. Like because they we knew they were <laughs> trade we knew they were trading Brandon Cooks, right? And you're like, right. you're like Ted Ginn, of course. Like the dude who catches bombs but drops a bunch of passes. Like of course they would like he. Why didn't we see that? You know, so that's what we're going to try to do this off season. But that about wraps it up. Hey, thanks for hanging with us in the uh, for Mardi, Mardi Gras for dead. You know, Mardi yeah, Gras happy time. Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. But thanks for hanging with us. And we are pumped for Saints history. Thanks to everybody for donating. That'll kick up in March. And I have like, like I said, we're going to give you 10 episodes, but I have some uh, fantastic uh, guest appearances of people that are lined up. I, I can't leak them yet, but it's just going to be um, phenomenal. And it's going to be, I think it's potentially going to be better than last year. And last year with the Ditka years and 
2009 and Katrina season. Like, it was phenomenal. But this this year is going to be even better. So thanks, to everybody, for donating making that happen. Uh, so for Dave, who's uh, at Beau Ravage or something in the Mardi Gras time, uh, and for Kevin, who's out and about in St. Louis, uh, and for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed.